This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Pause for Thought, brought to you by PetHeaven.ca.za, your one-stop online pet shop. Pet Heaven's scheduled deliveries will not only save you time and money, but will take all the hassle out of remembering to buy pet food. Go to PetHeaven.co.za now and sign up to the newsletter to get the best deals on a wide selection of toys, treats and accessories. Let's talk about common pet health issues. Specifically, when it comes to the joints, the skin, and obesity, which are three things that really affect our loved uh, fluffy ones. And with us, we've got Dr. Guy Fivey, nutritional advisor to Hills Pet Nutrition South Africa. Thank you for being with us. Absolute pleasure, Leanne. Okay, so we know as humans that one way to figure out whether we're leaning towards the fatter side mm-hmm. or not is by measuring our BMI. Mm. It's not always accurate. Yep. And especially not for really tall men. It seems, seems to not work out well at all. Is there a BMI for our pets? It's not a BMI per se. I mean, we, we, we have ways of looking at it. The problem we have with pets, and as you're saying, the different size people, different, you know. Um, and breeds. Yeah, breeds. So you, yeah. We, we're looking at a, at a Yorkie as opposed to, you know, Great Dane. Mm-hmm. They're completely different body shapes. Uh, Bassett has got a completely different body shape. So really what we, we do is we use a thing called the body condition score. It's a visual thing, and then you feel. So you can feel the ribs. Um, we can see how much fat there is around the tail. And there, there are a couple of other signs that we look for to give us an indication. The problem with that is it's, it's fairly accurate over time for that animal. So in other words, I can say it's got worse or it's got better, but it's not a score per se to score against other animals. There's a new one called BFI, Body Fat Index, mm-hmm. uh, and that really looks at a lot more things on the body and its actual weight. And from that, you can work out what it should be. It's horrifying to see how often we get animals that are at least, you know, 100% overweight. Um, we get them to lose weight. Yeah. So the, the body condition score only gets up to animals that have got 50% more weight than they should have. Mm-hmm. But this one gets up to a high level. We also have one called the Tennessee Morphometrics. You measure some things on the body and it'll give you a good indication. Um, and that really takes into consideration the, the different types of animals. Really, the ones we use here is the, is the body condition score or the, or the BFI. And, yeah. and obviously, this animal specific weight gives you an indication. And for me, what I find quite helpful is those charts that you see up in mm. in the vet's rooms, yep. which is typically a side view of an animal or from Correct. the top yeah. as well. So that's the body condition score. Okay. So does it have a waist? Uh, mm-hmm. If you look from the top, does it have a waist? If you look from the side, does it have a tuck? Right. Um, again, it depends on what type of animal you've got. If you've got a, a basset, it doesn't have a tummy, doesn't have a tuck. So um, so. Speaking about visually deciding whether your mm. pet's overweight or not, I find it quite difficult with cats. They seem to get this little paunch yeah. and they might not necessarily be overweight. Correct. I mean, when, when my little ginger one is running towards me happily. Yeah. <laughs> you see like the swinging an, belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks yeah. like some kind of sea in me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a normal thing for, a, for, for cats to get that fat there, mm-hmm. even if they aren't overweight. Um, and it doesn't it, have anything to do with them having been spayed. No, so that's the one reason why animals will put on weight very quickly okay. um, is being sterilized. For a cat, for example, to be sterilized within a day, they're going to need about 30% less energy. Wow. So it's quite a lot. Sure. And we tend to just, you know, forget about that and we just carry on feeding them as we were. But we really need to cut back on, on the amount we're feeding. Mm-hmm. Even if it is, looks like it's a very small amount, that is the amount they need. Yeah, because yeah. that adds up day after day. Week Correct. After week. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's energy in, energy out. And, and cats that don't exercise, it adds up very quickly. 
besides looking at an animal visually, you're going to be noticing some other things. What what other signs are they to look out for in picking up that your animal's putting on too much weight? Yeah, so so visually, I mean, you're going to see you're going to see fat being deposited. Yeah, uh, you're going to see them slowing down, uh, not being able to jump up onto. Couches like they used to, those Definitely. sort of things, anything of those, yeah. Mm, I see that a lot in my cats. <laughs> yeah, it suddenly becomes a burden for them to move and to jump. Not only that, but the inflammation that's happening can also cause the damage to joints. So they're likely to have, more likely to have arthritis as well. And if you have fluffy dogs or fluffy cats, you need to be doing the body condition score. So flattening the, the fur and feeling what's actually going on underneath there. Give them a bath and you'll know. Give them a bath. You'll, exactly, exactly. <laughs> then you'll, 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 you'll see it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can see, you know, uh, fat deposits also around the tail. That gives you a fairly yes. good indication for in dogs. As, uh, as one vet put it when my minpin was overweight, she said, oh, he's got such a cute bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, and I've seen them that they're so bad that it actually hangs over. Yes. It looks like a fat tail sheep. It can, it's, I mean, yeah. it's really, really. Yeah. yeah. And he also has, even when he was down to his ideal weight, mm. he has these permanent fatty deposits that yeah. I would have, I, at one, one point I thought they were his kidneys sticking yeah. out. They look like kidneys. Yeah. Those are there no matter what. That's right. So, you know, and, and you also get little benign cancers that are fat deposits mm-hmm. and that, that's often what we find um, under the skin. It looks like it's this lump of fat, but it, it's actually a, a benign cancer of fat tissue. Yeah. Mm. Why does it happen to our, our animals? Why do they get obese? I know, I know it's energy expenditure, but should we be putting them on a low-fat diet, for instance, all the time? There, there are a couple of things that we can do, obviously just feeding less, but making sure that it's properly balanced. So you certainly cutting the fat reduces the energy of the food per se. So you can, in theory, feed a bit more. We add fiber to that, and that also makes them helps them feel a bit fuller. Okay, so these are in those, in those low-fat my the dog. low fat foods, but but you know the point about the low fat foods generally they look a bit like cardboard. I mean, people they really know, do look yeah, black. Nobody really feels like, yeah. and they you know I'm giving love to my animal, and that's that's what I'm feeding. We as a company have have moved a little bit away and from a, from a and and we call it predictive biology or nutrigenomics, where we change the way that the genes are expressed in the body to being that all turn, turns to be a fat burner as opposed to a fat storer. That's a simple way of putting it. Uh, so we can carry on feeding. A relatively high fat diet that looks nice and that the animals love, mm-hmm. but they will eat less of it, and it also has an effect on the um, met- metabolism of the body okay. to help them to maintain the weight and to lose the weight. Really, we need to just be we need to be feeding less energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. but those diets specifically, it's a change. It's it's really got to do with the Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. We think about the Mediterranean diet and the, and the Eastern diet, uh, Japanese diet. They still eat carbohydrates. They still eat fats, but they eat good fats. Right. And that's really the difference. So are we feeding them the good fats, the, the good omega-3s, the good omega fatty acids that are helping to change the metabolism mm. to burn fat? In terms of portions, mm. you know, you, you read on the back of the, ba- of the bag that if your animal weighs so much, they should be eating this much. I often wonder, but what if I'm starting off with a really fat cat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so starting with a really fat cat, you need to be feeding them for their ideal weight. Okay, so that's really what we need so to know. Not what they do weigh already. Exactly, and this is a, a great saying from from someone who came over and, and spoke to us. Fat is like a stray dog. If you feed it, it'll never leave you. Mm. So feed the lean mass inside, and don't feed the fat because if you feed the fat, it's never going to leave. Yeah, you. yeah. So yes, feed for the ideal weight is really what we should be doing. Right, and it might seem to be you know very little, but that's the correct amount. Yeah. Okay, so we now know that our animal is fat. 
mm-hmm. we've got him on a diet, are there supplements that we should be giving him? Again, no. If you if you're feeding a proper weight management or weight loss diet, you shouldn't have to to, to have any supplements. There are things in there like the fatty acids um, that have the beneficial effects that should be in your in your diet. Um, the antioxidants, all that, it should be in the in the diet itself. Okay. What's what's the worst thing that happens because of being obese as a as a pet? As a pet. It affects all parts of the body. Uh, we said obesity causes inflammation in the body. And so that inflammation is, is everywhere. It affects the kidneys. It affects all parts of the body. But may, the other issue is really joints mm-hmm. and skin. Mm. Certainly cats, fat cats can't clean themselves like they should. Uh, and also there's inflammation on the skin. Dogs also can't get to places where they should be licking themselves and cleaning them. Yeah. Um, that can be a problem. And they get fat rolls as well. So you get, you know, bacteria that grow in those fat rolls. Mm-hmm. Arthritis. And joint damage is is one of the biggest mm. issues that we have because that is very much linked to the obesity and to the inflammation that comes from it. Yeah, I mean, it really is a fixable thing. Um, it's harder for humans because we have all these other temptations. Mm. But, you know, I've I've taken a dog from being quite fat to an ideal weight mm. quite quickly. Yes, and, and you can. I mean, the, you know, it essentially can take, you know, 1% to 2% of the original body weight a week. Um, so they can come down fairly quickly, and we've we've seen it, and, and they, they're so much happier and healthier. They are, and yeah. It's incredible. And people, you know, they've got their old dog back. And the reason why the dogs have got fat is not because they hate their dog. It's because they love them too much. Too much. <laughs> um, so really, we need to show it in a different way. Yeah. It's important the portion size mm-hmm. and to, to avoid the extra treats. So you've got to specifically weigh, you know, weigh it out and make sure that that's the amount that you're feeding. Yeah. Because if you feed just a little bit more, that might be 10%, but 10% over time is what causes the issue. Yeah. And, yeah. and certainly there's a, a difference between bigger pellets and smaller pellets. So I, I do, I weigh the food yeah. once. Yeah. And then I'll know what size cup to use. Exactly. But if I go and change the pellet size, yeah. it's going to be different. Exactly. So, and the density of the food is different. There you go. Yeah. So the the energy density and the density itself. So what used to be a cup on one diet, if it's got more fiber, the same amount of energy will be two cups, sort of thing. You need to be specific about that and weigh it on a on a, a kitchen scale. scale. Yeah. And then, in fact, take a, a cup that you can cut off actually to the to the exact level of that right. food. Mm. Then you can't fill it more. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> because you know, it's is it a is it a heaped cup or yeah, is it a, a flat yeah. cup? So yeah, and and then avoid all the extras and the neighbours and everybody else who's feeding. You've got to find those people as well. Yeah, certainly. And I, I've had construction workers before who have been had been giving my dog extra food, and mm-hmm. I, the construction went on for three months, and so oh, well, <laughs> eventually it had a, an impact. Yeah, yeah, it will have. To finish off. Frequently Asked Questions About Pets with trainer and behaviorist Kathy Clayton. Is it possible to remove my dog's voice box? It is, but again, I do not like it. I will, I will never tell a person to debark a dog. What you're doing is you're taking away that voice box, but it can come back again. It does does grow back again. Um, and although you debarking a dog, they do have some sort of bark left. It's, it's a very like a horse bark. <laughs> and, um, I just don't agree with it. Don't do it. How long do sutures or staples stay in after a pet surgery? I think it's usually about 10 days. But again, if you've had surgery, the vet will say, please return with your animal after such a period of time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pause for Thought, brought to you by PetHeaven.co.za. 
Never run out of pet food again with Pet Heaven's super convenient scheduled deliveries. Shop today and get 20% off your first scheduled delivery of premium pet products to your door. This is CliffCentral.com.